Dr. Marconi. Wake up, people. Yeah, that is, that is it. Wake up. I can't hear anything in my headphones. So it looks like we've got uh, a horse race. Um, anyway. Now we got to repeat. Yeah, it's, it's true. Oh, well, your delay is really We hear a long. delay. Yeah. Anyway. Real um, long delay. So what we'll do is we will continue talking to you. Um, this is Music Biz 101 and more that? Brave New Radio. I had to take off my headphones because I can't deal with what? It's like a 10-second delay, at yeah. least. Well, we're, we're under a tornado watch at this point, and I'm sure the tornado is, is hurting right. uh, the, the radio medium, the terrestrial airwaves. And uh, our, engineer is, <laughs> our engineer, Bianca Russo, is... Donald Trump. Yes, Donald Trump. Do you have anything to do with this 10-second uh, delay? We have never said anything anti-Trump or anti-Hillary, no, or anti-Hillary. but anti it's getting down to a horse race now. Yeah. Trump versus... The world. The world. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let us let you know. This is Music Don't Biz. Don't listen to this. No. Music Biz 101 and more. Brave New Radio 80.7 WPSC. And we're going to do Donnie on a 10-second delay. I know. We'll have to figure something out. We have uh, a phone call that's about to... Uh, come in with our guest, James Donio, who's the so president. So did you come here dry, or were you wet when you got here? There's ducks, weather for ducks. That's that what right, you say? It's weather for ducks, very, no very question. Very, outside, yeah. Right. Um, yes, so uh, very very wet, very dry. We, for those of you listening, we're a little verklempt right now because ah. we're we're listening to us, we're talking, and then we also have a 10-second delay that's rattling through the so studio. So you were hearing us 10 seconds later than we are yeah. talking. Exactly. So we know what happened. And so if we were calling, we would say what to the person? Turn your radio down. <laughs> that's right. Right. So we should turn down our own radio. You heard the World is Ours Alley Mac project to open up the show. Um, go to musicbiz101wp.com, sign up for a weekly newsletter. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. And, of course, the, set, the podcast is always available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Producer is Bianca Russo. We will introduce our student co-host in a minute. Our guest is actually calling in right now. In fact, should I answer the phone? Why don't you talk? I'll answer you the phone. You know how to answer the phone? I'm going to guess. By the way, is... I'm Dr. Marconi. I know they didn't... Uh talk about that yet hey how are you yes good um we're actually on the so i'm talking but we're on a 10 second delay at least if not longer so our student co-host is emily case and you are a i'm a freshman i'm a popular music major and a music management minor right are you a songwriter I'm a guitarist. And a songwriter, too, or basically a guitarist? I write a little bit. Mostly right. music. I write mostly music instead of lyrics. Oh, okay. That's the way I was. I couldn't write a lyric to save my life. <laughs> Just terrible. If I tried to think of some catastrophe, it would come out just like a news report <laughs> instead of, like, Bob Dylan or something. So how did you find us, William um, Patterson? Well, I, had, I have family that went here, and oh. some teachers went here, and... It's a great music program here. So good, good. And how did you do first semester? Really well, actually. Good. Yeah. Very good. So now you get a little cocky, and the B's <laughs> and the C's start coming out, right? She's. Yeah, a, no. I, I have her in a class son. right now. I have her yeah. in a class, and she's doing wonderfully so. Far. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So, Dave, what did you want to say tonight? I wanted to uh, give thanks to the Music Biz Association. That's correct. Who is? Uh, Jim Donio, who's the president, is about to be on the air with us. But we want everyone to save the date for May 16th through the 18th, 2016. 2016. There's no 2016th. It's just one 2016. When the Music Biz goes to Music Biz in the Music City, we are going to be at the Music Business Convention. I'm excited. Yes. This is shaping up very well. Yeah, we have a lot of students. Emily plans to go. Uh, yep. We're going to be interviewing industry pros, making connections. We're running an undergrad class and a graduate class. We've got a Nashville. new... Uh, donation this week. We got a grant from Mia, the Music Entertainment Industry Educators Association. Correct. And we've also received sponsors from. Well, we should give thanks. Certainly. Give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management, with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, the Dap Kings, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB hyphen. 
Always get the hyphen in there, vb-cpa.com when you're ready. And, and we should give thanks to Vey Wealthman. When I say give thanks, you know, that's a church hymn. I heard you. And I'm singing part of a, a hymn because it's religious programming. We have to do this on college every, every week. Uh, <laughs> capital H. Uh, thanks to Vey Wealth Management and Christine Vey. Mm-hmm. Oy Vey. President and Wealth Manager, because, again, the religion. Uh, yes. President Wealth Manager of... Wealth Management and uh, Vay Wealth Management. And we can email her at Christine at Vay, V-A-Y, wealth.com for advisement. Final thing, we want everybody to know Bravathon is starting to happen. We're starting to uh, pull that up, get that ready. What is that? Bravathon is about 15 straight hours of programming on WPSC Brave New Radio and also the TV station, which is WPSC, WPTV. Something like that. Yeah, Emily's on. Emily watches it 24-6. And um, we have two slots available to us, and we've already taken up one slot. So it's slot. live for 24 hours programming? 15 hours, I 15 believe. 15 hours. So it's Braveathon Light. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so 15 hours, and we have the first two slots for Music Biz 101 and more. And God, the 10, a, 10 a.m. Uh, you, you probably should. 10 a.m., April 22nd, Rob Fusari and his band, Grammy winner Rob Fusari and his band are going to be on the air. And that's cool because it looks like probably two days before he's going to be on our radio show. Should I tell you who's going to be on the show real quick? Mm-hmm. Coming up, we have some amazing guests. We have next week, March 2nd, Mike Easterlin, who is the president of Fueled by Ramen mm-hmm. and Roadrunner Records. Great. The president of two major labels in New York City. He's going to be here in the studio live. Wow. March 9th, Doc McGee, legendary artist manager. In the studio? No. Oh. Live on the phone. From? Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Everything's Nashville. April 6th, John Scher, legendary concert promoter. From Nashville? From New Jersey, and he'll be here in the studio. Ah. Uh, April 13th, we're going to talk about the Summer of Love. That is a big show with uh, Glenn yeah. Burtnick yes. and yes. a bunch of... Uh, Jersey-based uh, people promoters that we're going to... That's going to be a very cool show all about live promotion. Yes. And then uh, Rob Fusari on probably April 20th, two-time Grammy mm-hmm. winner Rob Fusari. And we're going to debut his new single at the show. And I'm sorry, yeah, on our show, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. And on April 27th, most likely... Most likely Little Anthony from Little Anthony and the Imperials. Right. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Yes. So that is going to be very cool. So that's everything. We want to thank everybody in advance for your tweets. We want to uh, thank our guest in advance, Jim and Donio. Speaking of Nashville. Speaking of, can we get him on the phone now? Yeah, he's on. Oh, Jim, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm, my, my, my first question for you is, Uh-oh. so last week, did I get this kind of buildup when you were talking about me coming this week? Yeah. Really actually, oh, actually, you did. Oh, my God. Next week, we've got... The most amazing blah, 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 blah. Did I get that last week? We Did we use the term legendary or ultra-legendary? I think <laughs> legendary, but we were plugging the event more than the man, to tell right. you the truth. Oh, okay. Well, then plug the man, plug the man now. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an adjunct at uh, Brand X University down Garden State Parkway. And a legend, of course, in the music industry and the head of... Association now called Music Business Association, formerly National Association of Recording Merchandisers. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has done a brilliant job in creating actually almost like a brand new organization by bringing it up to date and very contemporary and pertinent to what's going on in the industry. And we're very fortunate that uh, Jim has also agreed to let us broadcast from the association's convention in Nashville in May. That's it. Yeah, that's great. It's a, it's, Good night. No. It's a, 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 uh, you're breaking new ground because no one, no university uh, has ever done that before mm-hmm. or approached us before um, to create a class, the um, work of which would be done by attending the convention. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's a terrific opportunity, um, really a, a priceless opportunity for these students who will take part um, to get up close and personal with a lot of you know, industry executives, managers, artists, uh, tech folks, 
startup. I mean, the, the event is such a an amazing uh, patchwork these days of virtually every segment, you know, of the business, uh, publishing and retail and digital services, and mm -hmm. you can just go down the list, academia, media. I mean, virtually every professional, um, you know, pocket of the business intersects at our event. So the students will really have this, you know, great opportunity to meet so many people. It'll be, you know, probably really hard to winnow it down to really choose who will be lucky enough to be, uh, you know, the subject of, of the podcast because there's just so many great people that they'll have to choose from. Yeah, that's a great point, too, because I've just, uh, I think it was yesterday, looked at the schedule, the tentative schedule, and the... Uh, it's so related to what's happening now in the not only the recording industry, but the entertainment industry. And it, it looks so exciting that there are things that are happening at the same time that I want to be at both. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's just it's it's really a, it's it looks like a very good card. Are you, could you uh, let us in on any surprise, surprise uh, artists or something that um um, it's going to be there. That's nothing. Nothing really at this point that is a surprise. I mean, we've announced um, we've announced all of our we announced all of our award recipients in, mm -hmm. in advance. Mm -hmm. So our business oriented awards are going to um, John Esposito, who's the right. uh, the president of Warner Music Nashville. Uh, but John is a is a renaissance executive who's been you know, around the business for uh, quite a few decades and has worked in retail and has worked in distribution mm -hmm. and you know, made the move to Nashville and really transformed Warner Music Group's uh, profile in Nashville with uh, a label now that you know, boasts Blake Shelton and uh, you know, so many other mm -hmm. artists Anna Kramer, um, um, Hunter Hayes, mm -hmm. uh, Brett Eldridge, who's going to actually perform as part of the uh, award presentation to John. So we're very excited about that. We have our Independent Spirit Award is going to a company called Red Eye uh, mm -hmm. that is one of the foremost independent voices and independent forces in the business. Um, so that's, you know, that's our opening session, which is uh, our awards breakfast that is being sponsored by the Country Music Association. Another exciting uh, dimension is that 2016 marks the 50th anniversary of the CMA Awards, the CMA oh. Awards Show. Right. So they're going to use this awards breakfast uh, to sort of do a little bit of a retrospective, um, kind of wet people's appetites for um, the celebration of the 50th anniversary of, of CMA Awards. Then at our awards luncheon, which is on Wednesday afternoon, mm -hmm. uh, we will be um, honoring um, Chief Trick with our Chairman's Award. Mm -hmm. uh, they're about to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and actually have a, a new album uh, coming out uh, on April 1st. So uh, that's really exciting. Do we have an MC for yeah. that yet? I'm sorry? Do we have an MC for that, um, for that luncheon I'm yet? I'm the MC. Ah, I'm the MC. Because I know one year we had Weird Al. Yeah, that was doing that. that was fun. We used to do comedians from time to time, um, but uh, but I've I've taken over that. I'm not a comedian, but I've taken <laughs> that role. We'll uh, be the judge. <laughs> yeah. In addition to um, the cheap tricks, so we're honoring uh, two you know very hot current three very hot current. Uh, artists, Little Big Town, mm -hmm. Sam Hunt, and Halsey. Wow. Uh, Halsey's from New and Halsey is from New Jersey, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, uh, from uh, around, uh, I, I think, from around kind of William Patterson's part. Ah, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. She, um, her, her given name, I know her first name is Ashley. So Halsey is an anagram of her real first name, which is Ashley. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so she's, she's very buzzworthy. She's on Astro Works through Universal and mm -hmm. uh, is uh, a new artist and has had lots of success in her first year. But 
Mm-hmm. One of the things that's noteworthy about her is, um, you know, she's on her first, really her first big tour, and she sold out um, Madison Square Garden for this coming, it's not until August. Wow. She already sold out Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, Sam Hunt's been, you know, all over the charts and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. very visible. Um, so those two, they're getting what we call our Breakthrough Artist Awards. A little big town is getting artists of the year. They've had this you know, amazing uh, ride uh, over the past year with the uh, song um, Girl Crush. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. just won a Grammy, um, and they're up for a number of ACM awards. Right. And the, the other last award that we've announced, we actually just announced yesterday, uh, is our Humanitarian Award, which is named for Harry Chapin. And this year we're giving it to an organization as opposed to an artist. We've, we've done both through the years. But it's going to the T.J. Martell Foundation. And the T.J. Martell Foundation, for those who may not know, has been around for 40 years mm-hmm. and has raised um, $270 million for AIDS, cancer, and leukemia yeah. research. Um, it's just the foremost, um, you know, charitable and philanthropic organization, um, you know, in the music business, and we're really excited uh, to be honoring them. Uh, we made the announcement yesterday. It's actually, um, you know, a little bit bittersweet uh, because, unfortunately, sadly, uh, over the weekend, yeah. um, Tony Martell, who's uh, one of the founders of the of the organization, um, lost his wife Vicky. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're obviously very saddened by that news because she was um, also very dedicated and contributed so much to the foundation. So, you know, we certainly send our, our deepest condolences to Tony uh, and his family, um, you know, on Vicky's passing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are, are these artists going to perform? Cheap Trick, for example? Uh, no. Yeah, no, they are, they are all, um, they're just, they're award recipients. Um, Brett Eldridge will be performing live, as I uh, as I mentioned, and um, there will be um, some live music events um, that are still in in the hopper. We haven't uh, confirmed and announced any of those yet, but we certainly will uh, in the coming uh, weeks and the next few months. Um, there'll be some very high profile, um, you know, music events sponsored by uh, some of the foremost. Um, you know, companies in, across the business uh, right now. As, as Steve noted earlier, the, the organization has really gone through, um, you know, not just a transformation of, of brand and name, which we did uh, about three years ago, but in terms of the, the constituency, the constituency has really broadened and diversified um, really materially uh, and, and more so over the past, uh, you know, past couple of years, and you know, our board of directors is led by uh, um, Fred Bate, who's from Google YouTube. We've got uh, Steve Savoca from Spotify, Christina Callio from Microsoft, um, um, Ryan Reddington from Amazon. So the organization is is very very emblematic of uh, how the business has has evolved, but it also continues to embrace. Um, the physical business, which we certainly all saw uh, by virtue of Adele's, uh, you know, if un- incredible successes um, you know, over the past couple of months, that there is uh, obviously, and, and I've been saying this, you know, in every interview that I do, um, you know, there is a market for for physical music. People will will buy music. You know, it's got to be great music, and and it's got to be presented and marketed. In, in the right way and to the right audiences. And certainly, you know, Sony did uh, a masterful um, job of, um, of bringing Adele's, you know, new music, um, you know, to her fans after, a, you know, four-year absence. Yeah. and that, Pretty incredible. Yeah, it's so incredible that the thirst was there to such an extent that she, she didn't allow it to be streamed. And yet people then went into their pockets and came out for the product, whether it was a download or, or the physical product. So that was really remarkable. I think everybody yeah, was yeah. surprised Her, at the, the... Yeah, when you look at 
Yeah, when you look at the research that's, that's been done uh, in the past couple of months, um, you know, by Nielsen and by others to sort of identify, you know, how did this happen? Because certainly uh, I would imagine um, in their most, you know, optimistic of forecasts and predictions, I don't think anyone mm -hmm. would have, uh, you know, gone on record and said, you know, this is going to sell 10 million, 10 million albums or, mm -hmm. or, or somewhere around that, um, you know, in, in such a short time. Such a short time, I yes. think that, you know, it's a combination of things. Um, you know, she has, obviously she's an, an incredible vocalist. She's an incredible artist. Um, you know, so the music has to be great to begin with. But her persona, her the way that she... Um, relates to mm -hmm. her fans and to mm -hmm. her audience is um, just very um, access. She's very accessible. Yes. Um, the the particularly the female fans, um, the you know dare I say the the slightly more mature female fans mm -hmm. that um, really love her uh, mm -hmm. identify with her. She's yeah. a mom now. She's got you know a three year old. Right. Um, you know, she's uh, seen, photographed, you know, pushing him around mm -hmm. Disneyland with no makeup and a mm -hmm. baseball cap. And, you know, she doesn't really have uh, a lot of sort of star trappings that I think, you know, resonates. And, it's, you know, every artist right. is different and every fan base is different. But, um, the, you know, the way that people um, that love her embrace her has a lot to do with her, <laughs> yeah. So it's not not just about the music. The music itself is is amazing. I'm personally like obsessed with the album, but but it's also about her. So it was this really kind of perfect storm confluence of things. She'd been away for four years. Mm -hmm. It was the uh, initial single just you know broke all these records. Um, the album was quickly embraced. It was the holiday season, so it was like the perfect gift mm -hmm. item mm -hmm. for um, people to, you know, to give to, you know, different folks in their families and friends. Yeah. So that certainly helped. She's global. So this isn't just a U.S. Uh, phenomenon. This mm -hmm. is something like that was around the world. So it was just like everything worked. Yes. You know, could it, could it be replicated? Can it be replicated? <laughs> You know, in the future, could it even be replicated by her? I mean, who knows? Never but, say never, um, yeah. Right. I think also it's her, you hit on it, her accessibility where she can be singing or be in that star mode and then she just breaks out into something that's basically just down-home emotion and then I'll go back into the star mode, you know. So, like, she's open, she opens up to the, to the uh, to the audience, I think much more than you would see out of a Beyonce or Rihanna or someone like that. And then she, you know, she's able to turn it on and turn it off, and it makes her, uh, you know, you feel accessible. You feel like you know her, and that's I think that's really one of her brilliant calling cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she today was the um, today was the Brit Award, so the the equivalent of the Grammys in in uh in uk took place today mm -hmm. and the way that so so this is always something that confuses people um so the grammy awards the deadline for being eligible for the grammys is actually september 30th even though the awards aren't until the middle of february mm -hmm. the eligibility deadline is the end of september so adele even though she performed on the grammys she was not eligible compete for any of the awards this mm -hmm. year, even though she was the, you know, the hottest, right. most current thing. It's just a lot of people have asked me, well, why is that? Well, that's the reason, because the mm -hmm. eligibility period. Mm -hmm. The Brits, on the other hand, um, uh, go closer to their um, actual award time. So Adele was eligible and apparently, you know, walked off with um, three or four Brit awards, including the top, you know, album awards. So um, that's probably, you know, for those who are kind of looking at that, 
probably is confusing for people, but that's mm-hmm. those listening who are scratching their heads and wondering, that's the reason. Yeah. Now, getting back to the association before I let Dave ask a few questions, is uh, we used to go to NARM, or NARM used to be a place where the uh, distributors were there and the labels were there and the retailers were there, and you'd present a new artist or you present a new product, and you're presenting it to the inside. And it was really an incentive to, to get on the card. And you mentioned, you know, the constituency is, and you talked about the board of directors being YouTube, Spotify, and so on, so that people or labels that bring new artists to this convention have a basically a similar role, but it's it's quite different than what it used to be. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, there used to be quite... Um, over-the-top, uh, what we used to call product presentations, where it was, you know, an hour or two of, um, you know, either a live performance or a video of, re- you know, new release after new release after new release after new release. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with anything that you do for, you know, that you repeat over a long period of time, uh, oft- oftentimes a-, a malaise will set in, uh, or a sameness will set in. So what what the labels do now is they, they, they don't do, uh, what they do isn't really dramatically different from that, uh, but they do it privately. Um, they, mm-hmm. they, they take meeting rooms and suites. So they're still doing mm-hmm. the same kinds of, um, of presentations to their customers, but they present them in a more targeted fashion. So, you know, the meeting that they have with Company A and what they present to Company A may not necessarily be uh, what they're going to customize to present to Company B or Company C or Company D or Company E. So they're still, you know, doing that. They're still showcasing the hottest, most buzzworthy, you know, what's coming up um, in the next few months, what's coming up for the fourth quarter. But they're doing it in, uh, in, in a slightly different way than those sort of large, uh, you know, public uh, open events where, you know, you had, you know, maybe a thousand people, um, you know, in the audience. They're doing it, uh, I guess, maybe working smarter might be another way to approach it, um, where it's very specifically tailored to the business relationship that they have with the customer who's in the meeting room at that particular moment in time. So, um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's how it's shifted. That's how it's changed. Mm-hmm. And then when we do have the live, you know, music events, um, they're less focused on the business aspect and they're more focused on just entertaining and having fun and, you know, being at a party. What I did, one of the things I did overlook, and I don't want to miss the point, um, one of the other awards that we're doing is I think is really cool and I think it's really cool for a very personal reason Um the monkeys That's are nice. uh, yeah. coming yeah. together. Um, sadly, obviously, they've, they've lost Davy Jones a few years ago. But Mickey Dolan <laughs> and Peter Tork and Mike Nesmith um, are releasing new music um, through Rhino. And they are um, there's going to be uh, a tour, primarily uh, with Peter and Mickey. But I think um, there's a potential for Mike to be... Part of that as well. Mike is definitely on the album, and we're they're going to come to Music Biz, and we're going to give them uh, an outstanding achievement award because it's their 50th year, their 50th anniversary. So how it relates to me is that they started um, the album came out in September uh, of or around September of 1966, just before the television series began, and I was just celebrating my 10th birthday, and that was the very first album that I ever owned, that I ever uh, got as a gift or owned, uh, was the Monkees' very first album. So uh, I would never have imagined, so here I am, uh, you know, literally, I hate to say it, but here I am 50 years later, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm going to be the one who's presenting them, uh, you know, with this award. So mm-hmm. that's, kind of, that's kind of cool. I get to do a lot of cool things having been around this organization for almost 30 years. Yeah. And I, 
I should I pull uh, Jim's chain all the time, but he is an adjunct professor at Monmouth University down, and he commutes because he's so dedicated. Commutes from Cherry Hill once a week uh, to offer his expertise. Expert, yeah. Yes, to the students there. I do, and I I I've really become, and you guys know it because we we've, we've talked about it. Uh, it's, teaching is something that I always had in my on my bucket list. It was something that I really wanted to try and do. Uh, I thought I love it and I thought I'd be good at it but you don't know until you actually do it now that I have just finished my second year at Monmouth um, now I've become really a, a fierce advocate um, for um, academia and for how important preparing this next generation of, of music business professionals is and I have gained um, an, an incredible respect uh, and admiration um, for educators, because I, I see, you know, how much work goes into it, and I'm just, as you said, I'm teaching one class one day a week, um, and I know how much work goes into it just for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative and, and have a lot of respect for for that. And on that note, um, you know, the Music Biz event in Nashville um, is really this is really the first convention that we're having uh, since we've created our academic partnership program, which now includes um, close to 20 colleges and universities uh, across the United States, and we even have one in Australia. And we have between 1,500 and 2,000 music business students are now members of Music Biz because of this academic partnership program. Mm -hmm. Um, And they get to and have applied for scholarships, you know, we've given out, um, you know, over you know, over $7 million in scholarships uh, over the years. Um, so that's a very tangible benefit. Um, they get to um, have the opportunity to attend the event in Nashville to participate in our webinars, um, have access to all the information, uh, resources that we provide. Um, so what we've done is because of that, We've really fashioned some very specific program elements, um, you know, for the students that we're going to have on um, the first day of the event on Monday the 16th. We're going to have a music business student meetup, and the theme of that is academia and the real world. And I know um, Steve, you and Dave are are going to be participating on that with with Donna Ross, who mm-hmm. I know you had as a guest uh, on this program. Uh, and Glory Reed and Stacy Morita, mm-hmm. and it's very important um, that I mean, we all know that music business is an incredible business. It's an exciting business. It's a tough business. It's a competitive business. It's a challenging business. So it's really critical for music business students, and this is um, a running theme, certainly in in, in the classwork that I do. Um, we want to have it resonate with them in terms of the real world. Mm. We want to um, give them as close of an experience as we can to the kinds of things that they're going to need to to do to prepare themselves. And of course, their you know their coursework is critical, but you know internships are critical, and networking is critical, and being able to communicate. Uh, very effectively, both writing and speaking is so critical. You know, the way in which you present yourself, the way in which you put yourself out there is so critical. So um, I'm thrilled that we have this event. Um, We're also going to have um, uh, a handful of HR folks from some really terrific companies uh, in the music space um, are going to come, and we're going to have an opportunity for students who are attending um, to have some really quick sort of uh, um, like a speed dating kind of situation where they'll get a chance to meet an HR person from uh, a few companies that they may want to be pursuing for an internship or or a job. And this is 
something new, something that we've never done before as well. Mm. Uh, there will certainly also, as you know, be programming that's designed for the um, instructors, for the professors as well. So we're, we're really, um, I guess, putting our money where our mouth is. We're really making good on the fact that we've created this academic partnership and partnership is not just a word to us. It really, it means something. We want it to be a two-way street. You know, we want uh, those that are investing in it on behalf of themselves and their students to, to walk away with something, to get something out of it. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, this is the first year where we're really building on that, but we certainly have an eye toward um, making it even more um, valuable, you know, in the years to come. Well, speaking of that, we do have a student with us tonight, Emily Case, who is a music management minor here at William Patterson University. By the way, we're listening to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSC-FM, streaming on gobrave.org. Find us on musicbiz101wp.com. And Emily, we'd like to read a tweet for you, Jim, which totally reflects and goes off of what you were just talking about. Emily, go! Okay, so this okay. is from at Elise Shank. It says... What tips do you have for making the most of the conference in Nashville this May? So um, one of the things that I'm sort of known for repeating to my students over and over again is you, you will only benefit if you are willing to put yourself out there. So what does that mean, put yourself out there? It means if you're you know, in line waiting to walk into an event. Talk to the person in front of you. Introduce yourself to the person behind you. You never know who they, who that might be or what connection you might make because of that. Um, when you go to a session and you like what you're hearing or you have questions about what you're hearing, wait until the session is over and approach the speakers after the session is over. Ask for a business card. Make a connection. Um, you never know where that will lead. And I guarantee you that if you don't do that, nothing will happen. I can't guarantee you what will happen if you do put yourself out there, but I can guarantee you nothing good will happen mm. if you don't put yourself out there. It's perfect mm. advice. It's totally true. And we have so many students, and I bet you have it in your classes, Jim, students who don't say a word and you beg and plead and tell them you've got to break out of that shell and they still won't as marconi will uh after class he'll walk down the hallway he'll go comatose they're comatose <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know just you got to get that you're you're totally right about get it out there you know do it um, and, and it's it's true the, the the students who you know in my two short years uh, of experience i mean the students who end up being the ones who excel um, are the ones that within really the first two weeks of the 16 weeks of the semester who come up to me either before or after class with an idea or question or just make the attempt to get to know me better, to get to know the association better, inevitably um, they are the students who excel in the class, who do, who do well in the class because they get it. They, they understand mm -hmm. that you know, this is the kind of business uh, that is really not for the shy and retiring. <laughs> and plus, you should, they should understand who their teacher is because the more they get to know you, just in, in a real organic way as opposed to, you know, kissing your butt kind of way. But you remember, like Emily Case is here who just read the tweet. So let's say you taught Emily and Emily spoke in your class and did a good job and came up to you and thanked you and striked up a conversation uh, at times. You're going to remember her and you're going to know what her strengths are and what her interest is because you, I'm sure people come to you all the, t you know, quite often with opportunities for internships or for jobs. And you can think, oh, Emily would be great for that. And if mm -hmm. these people aren't top of mind, you're not going to think about them and they're going to be just sitting out there waiting as opposed to the person like Emily who's mm -hmm. like, like we've been talking about, getting out there and letting her thoughts and, and desires be known. Yeah, it's so true because, you know, I put, my, I put myself out there you know, as the professor, uh, and from the very first week, I, I let my, my class know, look, um, you have an opportunity here. I have um, 
you know, a lot of, um, of contact from so many years of working in the business, and you should use that. And I want you to, um, you know, send me, I'm happy to look at a resume. I'm happy to listen to a song. I'm happy to read lyrics. You know, I'm happy to, um, you know, be a, this is the beginning of a relationship. This isn't just, I'm teaching you for 16 weeks, and I never want to hear from you or <laughs> have any contact with you, you know, once this is over. This is the beginning of a relationship that if you want the relationship to continue as you continue through your um, college education and as you make your way into the to workforce, um, you know, I'm committing to be on the other end of that relationship. And part of what's exciting also for me is that, you know, a lot of the students that I've taught at Monmouth in the first two years are coming to the convention. So hmm. I, I've talked with them about it and sort of described it and tried to, you know, make it real and make it resonant for them. So it's, I'm kind of excited because now they'll actually be there. Um, so I guess I, I, I will feel, you know, uh, a really personal um, investment in the fact that, you know, the fact that they're there, um, you know, is, is really great. Emily has another tweet for you. Great. From um, at Faith in My Heart. It says, if someone could only take away one thing from the music-based 2016 conference, what do you think would be the most important thing to take away from it? Um, I think there's two, two things, but they're kind of one and the same. Um, I know there are a lot of, of students who perhaps have an idea about what they want to do, where they think they fit in the business, and I think having the opportunity to be around a lot of folks who are doing what you might want to do, whether it's a manager or publishing, um, you know, an artist, a musician, uh, somebody who works for a service company, a label, whatever. You have a chance to engage and meet a lot of those people. So if you can leave the event perhaps feeling, you know, stronger that, yeah, this I'm, I'm going down in the right direction. I've talked with people in that space and I like what they're doing, and that's for me. But equally as important, perhaps, is the opportunity to meet some folks, hear what they do, and really help you to say, you know what, I thought that might be what I want to do, but now I, I don't think that it is. So I mm -hmm. think helping you to sort through your options, I think, uh, if you can walk away with that, I think that would be really valuable. Uh, a question about the overall music business association because I'm people a lot. Of, you mentioned very earlier, very earlier is that proper language? No, it is. Earlier, Jim, you mentioned right. names of the board of directors, directors of the uh -huh. music biz. By the way, people can find what we're talking about musicbiz.org, and when we talk about the show, go to musicbiz.org, and there's a drop down uh, next to events. Click on Music Biz 2016, and that's where people can find out more about this event because it's a uh, it's going to be an incredible event. Like we said, we're going to be there. But the, on the board of directors, you have everybody from uh, Fred Batil of YouTube, Steve Harkins from Baker and Taylor, and uh, Ryan Reddington from Amazon, and people from Universal and Microsoft. And you mentioned Red Eye earlier and Sony and InGrooves and Big Machine and Spotify and Warner and iTunes. Um, for them, what is in it for them to be a member of the board? What do they do and why do they choose to be on the board of directors? So, you know, the, the business is built upon trading relationships. When the organization was created in 1958, the reason that it was created was that trading partners needed a trusted forum to come together, a place where they could do business, they could make deals, but where they could also talk about the pertinent you know, issues and challenges of the time to identify what are our common problems, uh, you know, how do we work through them together. So people come to the association and ultimately, you know, throw their hats into the ring to serve on the board because it's important to have a voice. And, you know, the future of the business uh, is it's going to depend in a, very, in a very big way on how 
the leading voices representing the, the you know, different segments of the business can come together and um, you know, make decisions and make recommendations um, that will ultimately, the hope is, of course, that you know, all boats will rise so that it's a competitive industry, but we kind of use sometimes the term co-opetition, which means that you are competing, but there are absolutely going to be areas where we can cooperate. I mean, we have a scholarship foundation, which we talked about. We collaboratively work on the Give the Gift of Music program, um, where we're promoting that how great an, uh, a gift item music can be. Um, so there's a lot of things. Um, the convention, you know, is certainly a collaborative event. So they join the board for the opportunity to collaborate and, you know, with, you know, in the greatest sense, um, you know, to have the industry be healthier, to be, to advance, you know, the business that they all love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. And uh, speaking of the trade show, we have another tweet. Yes, we have another tweet from at Older Fajardo. Um, it says, what are the advantages of participating in trade shows for an artist? So for an artist, that's a really good point because um, when we brought the event to Nashville, um, we were um, pleasantly um, surprised that the, the number of artists and musicians uh, who attended last year um, really spiked. I mean, we'd had the event in L.A., but it's just, it was just kind of a, really a different vibe there. You know, Nashville has a sense of, of community to it and a, um, an intimacy to it that a lot of the other cities, Chicago, Orlando, San Francisco, L.A., just didn't have. So I think artists um, came to the event last year for not unlike the reasons that, you know, a student or, or a, um, you know, someone looking to work in the business would come for the opportunity to meet people and have people um, avail themselves of, you know, of their music. And um, our, generally, I would say, you know, the, the senior executives and folks who attend our event, the decision makers, if you will, they're generally really, really receptive. Um, you know, if you approach people um, in a respectful way, um, in a way that um, um, ha- you're sensitive to their space, and if they're, you know, talking with somebody else and you, you know, you wait for your moment or your opportunity to approach them, um, they're, they're generally really receptive. So I think artists who attend events like ours uh, and events like this um, you know, you need to come, you know, you need to come prepared, um, whether it's with, um, you know, a CD or whether it's with a business card that has a link, you know, the link on it that you, where you can go to listen to, you know, songs or music, um, you know, et cetera. But always, you know, always come prepared. Come prepared for, to present yourself well, and, and you never know how you might benefit. And uh, another tweet from uh, one of our MBA students about uh, uh, an organization within your um, network, basically, of the Music Business Association, the Music Startup Network. A question about that, then you can kind of get into what that's all about. Okay, so mm-hmm. this one's from at M. Franco SC. Um, it says, I attended and enjoyed the Startup Academy seminar. What do you think sets great music startups apart from the others? Um... You come in with certainly with an idea, and there are a lot of great ideas, and not uh, most of them, sadly, it's like you know, it's like a song. Most will not see the light of day. So, what sets the most successful apart um, is really having a passion and a commitment and a vision. And you've got to really believe in what you're doing and believe in your idea and practice how to sell it to another person. Um, that's, there's a really a skill to that, to being able to um, very quickly, in a very salient way, um, to, 
tell them what your what is your idea. You know, so if you're at the event and you meet someone and say, hey, I'm a developer, I've got this great app, you know, you really have to rehearse and be very polished um, in how you're presenting it. You can't, you come in there and just sort of start rambling on and on, you're going to lose, you're going to lose the person. You know, the person's not going to invest that two or three minutes in you. So what sets the most successful apart is the ones that really rehearse and come prepared. Mm -hmm. Okay. We uh, have about a minute left, so uh, why don't we – then we're going to go to a couple things here. So we have about a minute to wrap up with Jim. Um, and then uh, we want to, first of all, thank Jim for being on the air. So let's thank Jim Donio for being on the air. But well, we want to uh, thank you also for supporting us in the show mm -hmm. uh, and having us come out there. And you're giving us, as we spoke the other day, uh, a special room at the Music Business Association so we can have students uh, wrangle all sorts of executives from the industry and bring them out. And we're going to do all sorts of interviews. We're probably going to do anywhere between uh, 20 and 30 interviews with yeah. people while we're out there that will all be recorded all you know, thanks to the Music Biz Association and the sponsors we have. But, yeah, so it's, it's really great. So I do want to thank you very profusely mm -hmm. for uh, supporting us and what we do here. We're happy to, happy to do it. I think it's going to infuse the event um, with a great energy. Um, you know, we've seen as the, the, the student attendance has grown over the years, uh, and, we, and I, we hear this time and time and time again from the executives at the event. They love the idea. They love the feeling. They love the energy that's created um, by the students who are at the event. It just, it, it just it, it, it enlivens the event, and it really does spur uh, conversation about what the future of the business is about because they are the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's yeah. great. And one last thing. When we talk about the Monkees and you buying their album in 1966, I believe the opening band or the opening artist for the Monkees on that first U.S. tour, do you know who it was? I don't. It was Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, oh, my God. Right. Jimmy, do you believe <clears throat> Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees? Talk about a complete <laughs> a switch between opening band and that would be yeah. like Metallica opening up for One Direction or something like <laughs> yeah. that. You know? Yeah, that, yeah is, probably, that, is some, that is crazy. That yeah, is crazy. probably left Wilson Pickett around that time. Hendrix? Yeah, mid-60s. Yeah. So between 19, so that was like 1966. Yeah. And, you know, Woodstock wasn't until 69. Yeah. Right. Because so. yeah. I have a friend who um, was 10 years old, and he wanted to see the monkeys at Shea Stadium. And Hendrix was the opening band. His parents wouldn't let him go see them. And he's still upset that he couldn't go yeah, see Hendrix. Hendrix, and it turned out to be with the Monkees. But, right. <laughs> you know. but that's right. great. I mean, you're going to have a great lineup of people. You're going to have a great lineup of, we're sure. No, we can't um, wait. Yeah, we're very excited. And we're going to have a whole bunch of students. Emily's going to be probably going. Bianca, who's our quiet producer, is uh, going out there. Producing. Uh, pr producing, yes. And Steve Marconi, of course, will be out there. And he's, he's probably the, the, the eye candy that the show is lacking. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you talk about the Gemini, students bringing energy, right? but we have Marconi come and bring in that, that yeah. special je ne sais that's, pas. A, that, that's, a, that's, that's electric. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Jim, Jim Donio, one last time. Thank yes, you very much. Great. great to have you on. Thanks, Jim. And we Thanks, will talk Jim. again Thanks, very Jim. soon. Yeah, we hope to see everybody in Nashville. Great. Nashville, Tennessee. All right. And we are going to go to a quick couple of spots, and then we will be right back, and we will come back to Brave New Radio and Music Biz 101 and more. Wednesday at 8 p.m.
We were in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the right. Keystone State. Nothing the size of the Nashville NBA. No. But it was very interesting to see Central Pennsylvania and what they're doing in terms of business and helping DYI musicians. Yes. Uh, and they enjoyed our presentation, which was how to bake a... No, what was it? <laughs> how to bake cakes. No. Uh, well, the Millennium Conference, right, in Harrisburg. Yes. Um, and that's runs- connected to the... The Cape May Singer Songwriter Conference, which takes place in Cape May, right, and that's taking place March ninth, March eighteenth and nineteenth, twenty sixteen. Break, yeah, yeah. So I'm going down to speak to that mm-hmm. while you are off on assignment. That's right. But um, yeah, run by a guy named John Harris, and mm-hmm. this Millennium Conference we went to is the twentieth year that he's done it. And yeah, what you know, a, a takeaway I had from that was I was bringing it up to a student today is uh, we met this one guy who uh, was on the Temple football team and yes. he's in a band. And about a couple of years after he graduated from Temple, he reached back to um, athletic department. the athletic department and said, I'm in a band. Are there ever any opportunities for us to play? He said he got a call like either the same day or the next well, day. the hour, he said he yeah, got one call. And come play for this big homecoming event or something, 65,000 people. Wow. Yeah, they played the for 65,000. Right. And he's been back three times since. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the idea was there was when trying to get gigs, the whole low-hanging fruit. Think about, look at your network, see where you've been, who mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you never know what they can provide for you. And they, those are paying <laughs> gigs. Yes. And the other thing is uh, he plays a lot of casinos. He's got a band that does a mix of originals and covers, and they mix their cover, their originals in with the covers. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. listeners don't even know that they're listening to an original song. Mm-hmm. And he's set up with uh, two or three casinos out in uh, Pennsylvania. And that's 1500 bucks a gig. They yeah, get. that's very good. So that's, uh, I hadn't even thought about the casino thing. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. I bring that up, because here we are in New Jersey with more casinos are about to open. We have Atlantic City, which is always doing well. And then we have uh, Connecticut and upstate New York. So there are mm-hmm. Poconos, lots of casinos around. So there are opportunities right. there. I mean, Atlantic City has been doing well for big acts doing big shows. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, at the run of the mill, there isn't anything to play in Atlantic City anymore because it's so... Desperate, mm-hmm. but they do well with the big acts playing in the uh, parking lots and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there we go. So we need to wrap it up because it's the the witching hour. Yeah, we may actually keep talking right into next week's show, <laughs> which we will have on next week because it's next week's show. Fueled by fueled by ramen, Roadrunner Records, great, great label, Mike Should Easterlin. Yeah. It's going to be great, yes. And he's the president of both labels, the president, El Presidente, El Jefe, the man. El Capitan. El Capitan, that is right. That's going to be an awesome show, very exciting. He's actually going to be on campus talking to students at 5 Mm o'clock. So if you're listening and you're a student at William Patterson, make sure you put on your calendar. Go to Shea 103 at 5 o'clock next Wednesday, March 2nd, to have some interaction with Mikey Easterlin, and then we'll have him on the air at 8 p.m. March Mm -hmm. 2nd, Year of Our Lord 2016. But until then, Stephen, we must take our leave. Correctly. So let us thank Emily Case, our yes. student co-host thank for the night. You. Thank you, Emily Case. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. It was nothing without you. <laughs> we want to thank Bianca Russo. Taking names. Making it happen. Bianca Russo. Right. It was able to correct our 10-second delay. Yes. And that that's... will go down in history. Can't wait to listen to the podcast, which we'll be able to hear on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Not Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. We also should thank Esteban Marconi, the good doctor. And, of course, Professor David Kirk Phil. That is I. And, of course, at this point, I do not want to say hello to you. At this point, I would love to say adios.